You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Alrighty, I think I'm wired up. It's good to be here with y'all tonight. Thank you for uh, the wonderful gift basket y'all prepared for my family, some, some goodies and, and things like that. And the kids are all like, what's in the bag? What's in the bag? So, so uh, they got to see what was in the bag, and they're very appreciative. Thank you for stopping by and speaking with us this morning uh, uh, before and after service and tonight before service. And I hope some of you that uh, have not had a chance to get, get by and speak with us yet will stop by and greet us at the table and uh, get a prayer card and uh, maybe a Filipino candy or something like that, but uh, we want to meet you. Um, we, uh, as Pastor mentioned, uh, you know, y'all, your church is looking to add on more missionaries, and if, if God pairs us together, we want to know as much as we can in a short time. You know, heaven's going to be wonder- wonderful. We're going to get to spend the time with the people that that we haven't haven't had that chance. There's people already there that I'm that I want to spend some more time with. But uh, while we have the chance, we'd love to we'd love to greet you. But again, my name's Daniel. Uh, my Daniel Williams. I've got my beautiful wife, Mary Ann. Uh, go ahead and stand so everybody can see you real quickly. And then uh, go uh, and then Luke, my oldest, and then Titus. You can turn around so they can see your face. <laughs> Timothy. And Hannah, and that's my that's our that's all of all four of our children. Y'all can sit down. And uh, uh, you know, I want to do what God wants, but without a willing wife, I, I couldn't do this. And uh, I, I thank God for her. And uh, but yeah, we'd love to meet all of you. Uh, I'll give just a brief uh, testimony. Uh, Those of you who were here this morning, you got to see our overview video, and that kind of uh, gave some good information there. But I think there are a few people here tonight. Uh, Is there anyone here tonight who was not able to be in the morning service? I think there were a few. Okay, so I'll give just a brief review of that before we get into the message. Um, So I was saved at an early age. Um, I was born and raised in Texas. And uh, I was uh, born and raised in an independent gospel preaching Baptist church, thank the Lord. Uh, not everyone in this room ha- has had that opportunity, but some of, many of you uh, may have had that opportunity. But when I was in, in the second grade boys department, my Sunday school teacher, a retired military man, Brother Granham, and although he had uh, already served his country and, and although he had already worked his job and things, and he was retired, um, he said, what can I do for God? You know, I'm, I'm not just going to sit in church and, and do nothing if I can. So he talked to the pastor, and the pastor said, yes, I'd like to have you teach a Sunday school class for little, little seven-year-old boys. And I'm so thankful for that, because I can remember that Sunday morning, that hot Sunday morning, maybe not this hot as today, but in, in Texas in July, on Sunday morning, he gave the Sunday school lesson, and at the end of the Sunday school lesson, he said, boys, is there anyone here who you don't know for sure that if you die, that you'd have your home in heaven? And that morning, I mean, I had, 
I had literally come to church as, a, as an infant. I had heard the gospel many times, but it was that day that it clicked. And, and I understood that I was lost, and I understood that because of my sin, I was on my way to hell. And I raised my hand and I said, Brother Granham, I don't know. And he showed me from the Bible how that I could know for sure that I could have my home in heaven. I'm so thankful for that day. If there's someone in here, you don't know that, please don't leave this room today without finding that out. I'd be happy to share that with you. My wife would, Pastor would. Many of the people here would be happy to show you from the Bible what the Bible, not what I say, what the Bible says, what God says about how that you could know for sure that you'd have your home in heaven. And so I got, I got baptized later that night and continued on up and uh, uh, through some twists and turns, uh, I ended up getting into Bible college a little bit older. I, I went to college uh, when I was 21. And uh, at the end of the first year, I didn't really know what God had for me, but at the end of the first year, I went on a missions trip to Guatemala, Central America and visited a missionary and, and there was a group of us college students and we helped uh, paint the building and do some modifications on the building to, to make more space. And during that whole time, I got to give out the gospel and my Spanish was very limited, but I could, I could take a track, a Spanish track, and I could pass it out and I could read Spanish. Uh, and, and, and I knew a little bit of uh, extra Spanish to help out with, but I was able to give the gospel to people and the people were, were willing to accept the tracks. They were willing to stop and listen to me. And just through that whole week and a half that we were there, God broke my heart for missions and said, Daniel, this is what I've got for you. You know, before that time, before I had, I had gotten into college, there had been a couple years where I'd let work get real busy and I had started following work more than God. And there was a time in my life where I said, I'm willing to do what God, what God wants me to do, but I, I didn't know what he wanted me to do. And I think it was honestly because I was letting the world shout so loudly in this ear that I couldn't hear the still small voice of God in the other. But thankful to going to Bible college and then taking that missions trip, God showed me what he had for me. And I ended up graduating and meeting my wife. And uh, my wife is from the Philippines, came to America when she was 14. And when she was 18, she actually moved uh, when she was 14 to Long Beach. Um, and uh, one of the churches in this area met her cousin. Uh, again, this was, uh, well, 30, 30, 34 years ago, I guess, 30, 30, 33 years ago, a long time ago. But thank, I'm thankful to that church who was reaching out to the community with the gospel. And uh, my wife's family, they, even though they had grown up in the, the Philippines, the Philippines is very Catholic, and unfortunately, I mean, uh, unfortunately, the folks who believe the Catholic doctrine and practice the Catholic doctrine, I, I believe that they add works to salvation. And you can't add anything to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So unfortunately, many Catholics are most likely on their way to hell, probably most, uh, any of them that, that follow the doctrine fully. Um, and so they had never heard a clear presentation of the gospel up until that point. But that church reached out and invited my wife's cousin. And eventually, after a few weeks of inviting, several weeks of inviting, um, the cousin and my wife went to the church and got to hear the gospel for the first time. And it was new to them. They didn't accept it the first time. 
But the people were friendly enough and inviting enough and warm-hearted enough that they came back another time and another time. And eventually, my wife understood how that she could fully accept Jesus Christ as the only way to heaven and not rely on prayers and baptisms and communions and all of those other things that the Catholic Church wants to add into salvation. And my wife accepted Christ and her cousin, and through that, almost all of my wife's family has accepted Christ as their Savior, and they're on their way to heaven. And I'm so thankful to that church for reaching out to the community with the gospel. You don't know that that one person you're trying to reach, and you could reach their whole family. Uh, you don't know. So continue to press on, inviting people to church, inviting tr people to a special activity, uh, passing out tracts to your coworkers and neighbors and your kids' classmates and just uh, whoever you can. Be faithful, please. But I met her at Bible college, and we, gra uh, we graduated, we got married, and then we went to China for six years. My boys were all born in China. We were there from 2004 to 2010. And of course, in China, you have to do things undercover, and you cannot pass out a track in China, as far as like we can here in America. You can't go door knocking. So some of the methods have to be a little bit differently, uh, be a little different, but the gospel never changes. The gospel never changes. Uh, and God blessed, and we were able to see people saved, uh, able to see people baptized and discipled, and we had a Chinese pastor that we could work with to funnel them into his ministry. Um, but after we had been there about four years or a little less than four years, I bumped into uh, some other Filipinos in that city and it was a large city and there were lots of Filipinos there working there. And uh, we ended up starting a, a separate ministry, separate from the, from, the in, from the Chinese ministry, an international ministry that was about 85% Filipino. So, God knew the future. He knew that he was going to send us to the Philippines down the road. And so he actually let me pastor a church that was 85% Filipino for two and a half years there in China. And then when we came back in 2010, due to some medical situations that we had to care for, uh, one of the Filipino men that I had been mentoring and training for those two and a half years became the pastor of that work. And he continued it for 10 more years, all up until uh, when COVID kind of they kicked, they ask most foreigners to leave. Uh, so thank the Lord for that. So now we're headed to the Philippines. My wife's Philippines. She's got dual citizenship. My children have dual citizenship. And uh, God's really set those things up in our life to prepare us for the future. We're excited to be headed over there. Right now we're about 60% of our support. We hope to be finishing up around August of next year. But if God finishes us up earlier, we'll gladly go earlier. So that's just kind of a brief testimony of that. And again, if anybody has questions or something, please stop by our display and, and talk to us. So tonight's message, uh, I was really thinking about this. I know that your church has, has been a big supporter of missions for many years. We were at a missions conference in January with your former pastor, Brother Smith. And uh, he was preaching there at the missions conference. And he, the pastor of that church was one of the missionaries that your church used to support. In, uh, and he used to be in the Philippines. And it was just very, a very interesting connection there. And uh, he had, God had brought him back, and now he's pastoring. But I, I thank the Lord for churches like this that, again, 
not only have a heart for your local area, but also have a heart for the world. But in a church like this, I'm sure there are people here who've been in church, and I, I met some of them, Miss Ruth and, and others, uh, who have, who've been here, uh, you know, Brother Robin, and, and, and I shouldn't say names, but, but uh, just have been here years and years and years and years. And y'all have given to missions. But I think in a church like this also, I'm sure there are newer folks who are newer Christians, are maybe newer to this church and, and newer to reaching out around the world with the gospel. So I kind of struggled with what to speak on. And, and some of this will be basic for some of you advanced people. And uh, some of this may be a little advanced for some of you basic people. So we'll try to hit some, somewhere in the middle. But we're going to look in Matthew. So let's go ahead and turn to our, our open our Bibles and turn to Matthew. Let's see. And we're going to go to the end of the book, uh, Matthew chapter 28. And... Uh, I know we had the Lord's Supper, and I know it's hot and everything like that uh, outside. Actually, we could go long since it's cool in here, right? <laughs> I'm, te I'm teasing. I I'm aware of the time. and um, I'm going to start with something very basic. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. The Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them. He's speaking to his disciples right before he's going he's to go back to, to heaven. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven. And in earth, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So in verse 19, he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. So he's, this is often called the Great Commission, and he's talking to the disciples, and, he, and he's saying, the things that I have taught you, the, the gospel that I have showed you literally, the, my death, my burial, my resurrection, I want you to, to go around the world and teach all nations. Let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, and we're looking at verse 15. <clears throat> and this is another perspective on this same topic. And he, Jesus, said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Luke, let's go to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. And we'll look at verse 46. Luke chapter 24 and verse 46. And he, this is Jesus speaking to the disciples again, uh, and said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And John, John chapter 20. We're turning here, and again, I know it's very basic, but... John chapter 20, 
and verse 21. And all of these are very similar situations, just a different disciple giving a different perspective uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Then said Jesus to them again, be, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Now, where had the Father sent Jesus? He had sent him unto the world to seek and to save that which was lost. And so, while it doesn't say all nations or the whole world right there, it's very clear that Jesus is saying that. And then finally, just a couple pages over, Acts chapter 1, and we'll finish right here. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So five times Jesus spoke to his disciples and issued this command. Uh, it's uh, five times recorded in the Bible. You know, we already know that if something's mentioned one time in the Bible, that's important. If something's mentioned twice, then God's drawing attention. If something's mentioned three times, then there's a really great emphasis on that. And if something's mentioned five times, this is something extremely important. And we, all of the Bible's important. But I'm kind of speaking this a little bit for some of the beginners, some of the new, newer Christians here. The Bible says all Christians, and if you're a Christian who literally got saved this morning or yesterday, that all Christians have the responsibility to do their part in reaching the world. Okay? Now, it's Acts chapter 1-8, the last verse we were at, clarifies it and says, you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. Now, we're not in Jerusalem, but one could take that as your local city. You could, you could take that as, you'll be witnesses to me in Long Beach. Uh, because what he's speaking to them, he's saying Jerusalem, and then in all Judea, that's kind of like their state, their region there. And then Samaria would be a, a nearby state, and then unto the whole world. So he, he slowly expands it. And of course, a, 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 a brand new church that just gets started and there's literally the pastor and, and his wife. They're only going to be able to really reach into their local city. But as a church grows, so does its influence, or so should its influence. And it's very clear that, that and a Christian's part of the church. So this church has a responsibility in reaching its local city as best as it can, the region, the nation, and the whole world. But you individuals, we individuals, I'm a part of a local, independent, Bible-believing, gospel-preaching Baptist church. And although I travel on deputation, when I'm there, you know, that's my home church. And, and I'm still part of that. And uh, no matter where we are, whether we're in Florida or Arizona or, or California or whatever, we do our best in reaching out to whatever area we are in. And that's the responsibility of every Christian. If you literally accepted Christ as your Savior, amen. That's wonderful. I'm glad that you're on your way to heaven. But now that you understand that Jesus, and we just had the Lord's Supper, Jesus died on the cross, suffered unimaginable, unimaginable torment and pain and suffering for you and for me. Now that we understand that, we are, are, one of our next major thoughts should be, well, Jesus, 
you did that for me. Is there anything you want me to do for you? And there is. And it's right here what we just read. The, the, getting the gospel out to your local city, to your state, to your country, and to, your, to the entire world should be on the heart of every Christian. Yes, the church, and you, can, and you can look at the prayer letters and look and say, well, my church supports this many missionaries. Okay, but when's the last time you prayed for that country? When's the last time you prayed for Brazil or Argentina or Nigeria or Germany? When's the last time you thought about the world as an individual? And I know we don't have all the time in the world, but, you know, could you take a, you know, could you take a portion of your prayer life and think outside of just where you live? Could you do that? And so all of that was kind of foundational, basic beginner. Now we're going to turn to one last place, and this will probably be the last place we turn to. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. So talking about missions, talking about it's the church's goal, it's the individual's goal to reach around the world. And again, when a church supports a missionary, Matthew chapter 17, when a church supports a missionary financially, but also prayerfully, that is a partnership where, whereby the missionary is the ambassador of the church doing the work of the church that the, you know, you're in Long Beach. You're not in, you know, England. You're not in Italy. You know, your local church is right here in Long Beach, California, and, 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 uh, and such. So you, the partnership of the missionary with the church, that's literally what it is. Whenever a missionary that you're supporting passes out a track, gives out the gospel, walks somebody down the aisle, has a baptism, God looks at that and says, yes, that missionary did that work, but that church helped him get there to do that. And I don't understand exactly how heaven's going to be, but there are rewards in heaven that your church and you individuals are going to receive for the missionaries that you've supported. There are churches who supported me when we, when we were in China, and, and there are just too many, there are too many stories. There are stories that my family knows that those churches don't even know. Uh, testimonies of uh, a, a, communi a, a communist party member, you know, illegally, uh, by the laws of his nation, illegally accepting Christ as his savior. And churches don't even know that story. There's just too many stories. But when we get to heaven, we're gonna hear those stories and we're gonna receive those rewards. Um, so that's what it is, it's a partnership. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, and we're, we're gonna kind of diverge for just a, just a real quick thought. Actually, I'll, 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 for sake of time, we'll jump down to verse 19. This is a story of the disciples. God had, Jesus had given them power to, uh, to perform some miracles. He had given them power to cast out demons, and, and, and they had gone and done that. And a man comes to Jesus, and he says, 
you know, my son is demon-possessed, and your disciples couldn't cast him out. And in verse 19, the G then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? And I just want to focus just for, just for a very brief amount of time, not on the rest of the passage, because we're talking about missions tonight, but on the thought of, of the disciples there had fully expected to cast out that demon. They had, full, they had done it before. They had seen other miracles. They had seen Jesus cast out, and he had given them the power to cast out demons and perform miracles, and they had done that, and they had successfully performed that multiple times, and this particular time, they had walked into the situation fully expecting that that demon would be cast out, and they failed. And so they went to Jesus and said, what in the world happened? And there are other stories in the Bible. Um, uh, for sake of time, I won't turn there, but in the book of Genesis, when Jacob is running away from Esau, his own brother, Jacob had cheated uh, his brother Esau, had lied to his father, and had stolen uh, the blessing. And Esau said, I'm going to kill you. Jacob's now running away. And he goes to Bethel, and he prays and talks to God and says, God, you know, help me, keep me safe, feed me and clothe me. In that story, when I, when I read that, sometimes I look at that and say, Jacob's talking to an almighty God, and he's just asking for food and clothing and safe travels. And that's literally all he's asking for when God has so much more available. And the, the last thought that I want to wrap up tonight is the thought of expectations. The disciples had fully, completely expected that, that demon to be cast out, and they had great expectations. On that particular case, they failed, and then they went to Jesus. You know, when we fail at something, let's, let's go to Jesus and, and, and find out what we need to change, what we need to do. And they did, and he said, this, this time you needed to pray more. You needed to fast on this particular situation. And they learned and grew from that. But there are many other stories in the Bible where folks had low expectations. God has an expectation of the, the individual Christian and the church to reach out globally for the world. And I'm so, again, I'm so thankful for the, the outreach that this church already does in missions. But what could you do more? This is the very beginning of your missions month. You've got the rest of the month to think about this, but I'm going to challenge you. At this end of the month, when you've got your faith promise card and you're going to put it in the offering, right now, are you already expecting to write the same number down that you wrote last year? Are you already expecting to, you know, add $5 a week? What is your expectation? Because God is looking... Uh, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout all the earth, looking to show himself strong. You know, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. What is, what is, what is Gethsemane Baptist Church? What is your expectation for this missions month? Are you, are you expecting to add three or four or five missionaries, five new missionary families? It'd, it'd, be, it'd be awesome if y'all take on all five. And, and he said it's, it's very likely. But 
what if, what if the budget came back that Brother Eli's like, man, I got to get on the horn. We got to have another missions month in December because we got too much money here. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. But I want to challenge you on what are your expectations? We are dealing with an almighty God who wants to partner with us. But he doesn't want to partner with us to just give you a nicer house and a nicer car. He wants to partner with us to reach the world with the gospel and reach Long Beach with the gospel. You know, maybe there's a subdivision that y'all haven't been reaching out to. Maybe there's a new Sunday school class that needs to be taught. Maybe somebody here needs to come to the pastor and say, I'm retired, but I want to do something for God, just like my Sunday school teacher. I don't know if I'd be saved today if that, Sunday, if that retired military man hadn't gone to my pastor and said, Pastor, I want to do something. What can I do for the Lord? Teach those, seven, those, those little seven-year-old boys. I, I don't know. I do know where I am now, but I don't know the what-ifs. God wants us to look to him and say, God, you are almighty, and you are all-powerful, and I know that you can do this, and I'm going to expect you to do this. And be like the disciples. Be like the disciples. Expect the great things from God. Again, you've got the whole month. You're going to have other missionaries come through. What are your expectations? What do you expect in your own life? Again, do you expect that your individual giving and faith promise is going to go up? Do you expect that the church's giving is going to go up? Or do you expect it to go down and just say, well, you know, it is what it is. Times are tough. Gas prices are high. Um, what are our expectations? As we... As y'all, as y'all start, uh, uh, y'all mentioned the, uh, the ministry expo coming up on September 18th. Y'all have got some new ministries. Maybe some of you need to think about, God, should I help out in that new ministry? Should I help out in one of those established ministries? On September 25th, y'all be collecting faith promise cards. What are y'all's ex expectations? Because I know God's expectations is that we Christians are going to do our best to reach the world. He gave his all on the cross, and he wants us to do our best for him while we're here on earth. Let's pray. Father, we love you. I tried to speak to those who may have been uh, newer to Faith Promise Missions or newer to church, Lord, but I also tried to speak to those of us who have been in church for a long time. And maybe some of us have just gotten in a routine and in a habit, and, are very, and, and have gotten in some ways a little casual about this. And yeah, we'll do our soul one, and we'll pass out a track or two here or there, but what are we really expecting God to do through us? We want him to do something great. Are we willing to do something great for him? Please remind each and every one of us, Lord, that you're all-powerful, and we need to expect great things from you. Bless us in your name.